Welcome to Nourishing Body and Soul, the podcast. Get ready to revitalize your mind, body, and soul. We're here to inspire women who are looking to break free from old patterns and ideas to create a life of increased confidence and improved health. Say goodbye to limiting beliefs and hello to new possibilities. So kick back, get ready to have some fun, and let's dive in. We'll uncover tools and insights that can help you build a life that's truly nourishing, body and soul. Hi, I'm Tracy. And I'm Victoria. And welcome to the podcast today. We have a very fun topic today. Yes. First, (laughs) I know better than this, and I... I trust I'm not alone. I hope I'm not alone in this. <laughs> but there are times when, like recently, I had a cookie uh, and it didn't taste as good as I wanted it to. Mm-hmm. And so instead of going, hmm, doesn't taste that good, I had another one because I knew that it potentially could be very satisfying. <laughs> so I just, it's like I kept eating, trying to will it to be better and to be as satisfying as I wanted it to be. When I know better than that, I just need to cut bait yeah let it go but no i've done that's that easy. oh good it's not just oh, me no. okay yeah. so we know better than that. <laughs> than that so i know better than this but i was out to dinner with somebody last night and um i don't know what was going on through her head like she isn't even i was going to tell her about the podcast that she needed to listen to it but i didn't get a chance she was chatty and um she saw people that were not what she thought was the perfect size so she started making comments on the size of their bodies and and I was like I am enlightened to these guys you know she was asking and she was asking me like are they fat and I was like no these girls are not fat like I don't even know what you're talking about crazy lady and so no offense if you watch this you know who you are and I love you but Anyway, so I defended that. I gave my most enlightened responses on body size and diet culture and whatever. But I was irritated. And I went home and I was irritated. And I know better. The I know better wasn't that I stood up for (laughs) diet culture, against diet culture. That's not what I know better. The I know better is I shouldn't have been irritated at her. First of all, she is a good 20 years older than I am and has lived in a different culture and lives with different ideas that, you know, are not even close to being what we no. So the, I know better is that I should have been irritated at somebody who's lived the diet culture or, you know, what the woman's worth is defined by her body and all of that. So I'm sorry if you didn't. I don't know if you even knew I was irritated at you, but if you watch this and just know that I'm not, I realize the error of my ways of being irritated at you. <laughs> Through my, I know better than that. <laughs> so Interesting because I was just talking to my daughter-in-law, um, and she is she was I started watching the Mary Tyler Moore show. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, TV and then good wholesome TV. And she said, "I can't watching this." It's like I cannot believe. I mean, I I'm not surprised at all anymore about my mom and her opinions about bodies. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I've watched that show in a long time. 
Yeah, I don't I mean, think I've of it. Mary Shelley Moore show. She said, "Oh gosh, no, they talk all the time about diets and body sizes." And Rhoda, the best friend, she's always talking about what diet she's on and how she needs to lose five pounds or whatever. I'm like, huh? Yeah, I'll have to go back and watch those because I haven't yeah. watched those in a long time. But that doesn't really surprise me. I had forgotten that. But yeah, that's just mm -hmm. that's but that's the mention. I, I remember Mary Tyler Moore. I guess I don't I remember Rhoda's body, but like they're thin. Yeah. Oh like yeah. super thin. Yeah. Oh anyway. Yeah. So but in fun, oh you know what? I bet you anything if we go back to a lot of those shows are from the sixties and and early seventies that yeah. we'll find out we'll we'll hear the talk of it. Mm -hmm. And whereas today we see it visually, we don't hear as much to talk about yeah. it, but it's just kind of unspoken because it's obvious through who they're casting that this is the look that's acceptable. But yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the age, the age makes a difference too. Yeah. So, so anyway, yes, but it was an interesting, um, experience to have because we're not like, we're not, we don't do that. I don't, we're not, when we go out to dinner, we're not looking around at people <laughs> and judging their body sizes out of nowhere. Like, it wasn't like, I told, well, it doesn't <laughs> But yeah, but yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a shock to hear to my ears. Is that, that's, that's it, yeah. So like, I always joke about where I'm like at the very beginning of the path. I'm far enough down the path that when I heard it, I, it was shocking to hear, like, you know, yes. Yes, that's a yay. That's it a is. Win. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, and today's topic is a very fun one. It's one of my favorite things to talk about yay. with clients and, and whoever will listen. <laughs> um, but it also is one that is there's surprising amount of resistance to. Okay. Um, but so let me just start by asking, and I haven't asked her this before, so I'm just putting her on the spot. Tell me about one of your favorite meals you've had. Oh gosh, I know this. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I, 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 uh, I, I rank those. Okay. Like when I turned fifty, um, I did like five for fifty, and I ranked my favorite meals, favorite vacations, favorite scuba dives, favorite. Like I ranked like I don't even know how many things I ranked in my life, but I rank. I ranked my favorite. I'll tell you my favorite dinner and then i'll tell you my favorite dessert okay okay so my favorite dinner number one dinner was i was in france in the south of france um and they have on i think it's the 18th of august they have like annunciation or something i don't remember what holiday it was a holiday so i was with my friends and um, her family worked in distributing meat from the Basque country to Paris to the fancy restaurants. So that's kind of where I was. So I went down to like a farm in the middle of Basque country and we started and we walked in the farm and there's like all these like animals on spits, mm -hmm. you know, just, but the smell was so, so good. And um, I sat down to dinner at six and we stopped eating just after midnight and it was course after course after course 
Yes. Oh my yes. I couldn't speak any. I mean, I thought I could speak French. That was the time I went and I thought, oh, I can speak French. I couldn't. <laughs> so I am not even really, I didn't even know what it was I was eating. I'm sure I ate organs. I'm sure I ate all kinds of things that were, that like if you had told me, I might have gone, mm. It was a, it was spectacular. Mm. It was spectacular. And then we had this big Basque cake at the end. That's kind of like a cheesecake. Mm. It was amazing. That was my number one dinner. Mm. Yes. Okay. And your number one dessert. My number one dessert. There is a place called Fifth Floor. It's gone now in um, San Francisco. And my friend and I, I had gotten gift certificate there for, I don't even know how much it was, for something I did, I got gift certificate there. So my friend and I went and he loves chocolate. And I heard they had a really good dessert. And we we had the dinner and the dinner was great, but then we had like a chocolate dessert and it came out like a flight of chocolate desserts. So there was like a mousse and a cake and you know, a couple oh. other things. There were four things I remember. And, um, we both were just like, and we took a bite and every single bite felt like you were entering heaven. It was like, the, the, it was like the heavens had opened. And we talked about that. We still could talk about that. Like, I remember that night we had a chocolate desserts. It was, yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. So there, those are my two, two biggest, my best and favorite meal, which was hard to come up with. I have like, that's just why I had to do five. And then I my favorite dessert. Yeah. So there you go. Okay. So she's super fancy, obviously. <laughs> um, a little bit. And what are my favorite desserts? You I can tell how fancy. <laughs> okay. 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 One of my favorite desserts I've ever had was a, a peach cobbler that was made mm. um, camping in a Dutch oven. Mm. That's good too, because anything camping is like extra good it Don't can be it can be yeah <laughs> or it's just not oh okay. many of burnt peach cobbler other people try to make it you know <laughs> so it was a peach cobbler sorry uh, yeah and it's just it's a peach cobbler it was just just the right it dressed the right gooeyness but really what the, the topping was just the best it was I've been, it's a dessert I've been chasing ever since trying to figure out how they did that mm. the frustrating thing is the person who made it it wasn't something that she did all the time. It was just a new thing that she tried it. She didn't remember how to oh, make it. Oh, that's my sister. My sister makes the best food and she never writes it down. She made a, like, this doesn't even sound like something that sounds like it would be good, but she made like this mushroom soup with all of these super fancy mushrooms with all the like chanterelle on that. She didn't write it down. It was like heaven. And even now, sometimes you're like, I'm like, I can't believe you didn't write that. And she's like, I can't believe it either. But then she doesn't write down anything else. She makes really good food. Okay, sorry, go ahead. No, so she didn't write it down. Yeah, so I've so never, never been able to have it again. Well, you can't even can practice and try. I have. I have. Oh, I haven't have. come up with it. I don't, it's not dessert make all the time, but mm -hmm. I've tried a few different things. It's like, I'll see a picture. It's like, oh, that looks like the topping that she had. And I'll try that. And it's, it's good, but it's not as good as that was. Mm -hmm. So. Anyway, maybe you have to have it outside. Maybe in a Dutch outside oven. in your Dutch yeah. oven, outside in your yeah. multiple like <laughs> country house country. Maybe. Um, so yeah. So I'm sure that this talk has has gotten you thinking about some of your favorite foods, please, and your favorite meals. Do that. Uh, write it yeah. down. Write down like your top five yeah. favorite. It's a super fun exercise yeah. to go through. 
yeah. and go through life in, uh, yeah. in all kinds of parts of your life and go, what would the job oh, right. experience when you're, if you're like 15, <laughs> do it anyway. you're probably not listening to this, but <laughs> if you are, like, yeah, do it anyway, but, but do it again periodically. Live, live so that you will have a top five by the time yeah. you get 50. Yeah. A worthy yeah. top five. Oh, another one. One of my very favorites. It's just, it was French fries, actually. Ooh. Surprisingly, because I'm not a big French fry person. Mm. Like, I can get French fries anywhere. And often I do, but I will literally, like, you know, mm -hmm. two to five of them and I'm good. But mm. uh, my daughter and I went to Napa. This was a fancy restaurant one. Went to Napa and, and they had these French fries that were cooked in truffle oil and the salt Ooh. they used. And I'm not sure what else they said. Oh, did you go to Boucheron? We did, but what we had there was really disappointing. Oh, really? Yeah, no, this was Brasswood. Oh, but it was okay. so these French fries are like, oh my gosh, they are far and away mm -hmm. the best French fries I've ever had. That's awesome. And it was a generous, you know, fairly generous plate. And we, and my daughter and I ate. Every one of those French fries. <laughs> so we can make those. We probably could, but I'm not like I said. They use a certain kind of salt, and they they use they season it with something else. I would have to go back to the restaurant and have them again yeah. to examine it instead of just I lost in that I have truffle oil at home. I just got some. You did? Oh, fine. Yeah. So, why are we talking about this? Because we love talking about food. Because food is awesome. But. Flipping that coin, um, don't flip that coin. No, we're I have not a lot of like glass half, glass half full things. I'm a glass half full person, and then <laughs> we'll talking about this food, but we'll get back to this. Oh, okay, sorry, we've got to flip that coin because for those people in this that we have where we are just loving what we're eating, how many times have we eaten and felt guilty? How many times have we well, eaten and not noticed what we were eating? How many times oh, have yeah. we? been on a diet and um just not even it's like whether we like the food or not was completely irrelevant we're just eating what we're supposed to on that diet yeah um and that the, the yeah evelyn, all the time yeah evelyn triboli who is the one of the authors of health at every size she um or, i'm sorry she's one of the authors of intuitive eating and in an interview with her i heard her talking about this woman who she's asked her, so you know, what what's a food that you really like, a food that brings you pleasure? And this woman, very sadly, couldn't come up with anything. It was a, such a foreign concept to her of having any kind of enjoyment with her food that she had to think on it for a while. And eventually what she came up with was, well, on this one diet that she was on, they she was allowed to have a, a chicken breast on a bed of lettuce. And and she, that was okay. That was her favorite food. Yeah. And it, and it was maybe it's a really good recipe. Maybe it was like a brilliant recipe. That, she that, did not know, like a that, very well, that wonderful could be, piece of it's not likely because it didn't, she didn't go, oh, this chicken that I had. Oh, yeah. It was like, maybe this chicken breast on a bed of lettuce. Hmm. And just some thought that somebody couldn't be eating. And I might would venture to say, way too often we've been in that point too. And it's because this food is such a comp make food so complicated. And many of us have a list of good foods and bad foods. So we've talked oh, a little yeah. bit about this. That's for sure. But it's like not just this food tastes good, I like it, and this food tastes bad, I don't like it. Not that list, but the um the cookies are cookies are bad. 
because there's too much sugar, there's too many calories, there's too much fat, there's too much this and too much everything. Mm -hmm. Cookies are bad foods. Foods that are too processed, those are bad foods. Foods that are, you know, have too much sugar, any kind. Or like, like, yeah. I don't know. Remember when I said way back, a little while back, I said somebody gave me some homemade bread Mm -hmm. and I did put honey and Mm -hmm. honey and I'm not, I don't like honey that much. That's not my favorite thing to do. So all of a sudden now I'm like on a honey kick (laughs) and I don't even, my mom, my mom was like, what happened to all the bread? And I don't want to tell her I toasted it all, put tons of butter on it and then melted the, like the honey. This is how much we don't use honey. It's crystallized. crystallized. I have to put it in the microwave, which I did for too long. And now the bottle is all smooshed and collapsed (laughs) because I put it in there for too long, but it's still work. And then I'm just eating a bunch of honey biscuits last night. Like, I don't even, I don't even like honey. And here I am. It's on my bad, it's on my bad list. Every Mm -hmm. time I eat it, I'm like, this is bad food I'm eating for myself. Yeah, I'm just eating because it's sugar and just putting pure, pure white sugar on bread. Which is that's not. not accurate, but <laughs> <laughs> but also that so where do we get these lists? Yeah, where does this come from? And how often do these lists take away from our pleasure with food? This is this is the thing that is so often not talked about when we talk about nutrition. We talk about how much protein does it have. We talk about how much fat it has. We talk yeah. about how many carbs it has. Macros. We talk about how many it's macros. Yes, the macros. What are its macros? How many, what are the vitamins that are in it? What are the you know the calories that are in it? We talk about all these things and rarely do we talk about and how much do you like it? What is the pleasure factor of this food for you? Um that's a good thing. It's <laughs> to not talk about yeah because contrasting the you know going to like i talked about earlier where i was eating (laughs) these cookies trying to make them taste it's like it didn't taste the way i wanted it to so i kept eating it trying to make them taste better yeah um and as opposed to having something that you just really now and that legitimately was not something that i Mm -hmm. it was not a recipe i enjoyed so it's not like keep trying to make myself enjoy it but um how many times i've had a good cookie recipe where i eat that cookie and it's like oh this is good but you're like this this side of me is going oh this is so good Mm -hmm. and this side of me is going but you shouldn't be eating this because it's too much fat and it's too much sugar and it's too many calories it's not doing anything for you um and so there's that that guilt and that oh, I should I shouldn't I shouldn't I shouldn't that's taken away from that pleasure. Is there anything wrong with eating a cookie? Nope. No. And you know what happens when I and I know I'm not alone. This is this is not a me thing. This is a us thing. When I eat that cookie like that and I don't let myself enjoy it, I'm going to end up having more of it. Or yeah. why I shouldn't I shouldn't. Yes, yeah, you're trying to. I shouldn't do this. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't do this. Um, and I just end up eating more. Whereas if I stop and go, oh, it's time for a cookie and I take my time with it and I really allow myself to take pleasure in it, mm-hmm. it is so satisfying. You had mentioned a long time ago about that I can be satisfied by three M&Ms. Yeah. Which, yes, I know that sounds weird. It is. Weird. I know. And it's, I think it's weird too. <laughs> but how did I find that out? One day I went, you know what if i take the time to really enjoy these 
I wonder how many M&Ms it would take me to be satisfied. And so I opened up that bag and I took out an M&M and I noticed, you know, they have them in fun colors. I noticed the color and I loved it. To me, M&Ms, they got the shell just right. Mm -hmm. The crispness of the shell, it's just, it's just right. So appreciating that. And then, so I put it in my mouth instead of just chomp, 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 swallow. Like, we just be with this. And so I just felt how it felt in my mouth. And I let the, the shell get really thin and then appreciate just a little bit. Yeah. 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 It gets before I, it's yeah. white. When it's yeah. White. yeah. And then I just let the chocolate melt in my mouth. And it's like, oh, that was so good. I want another one. So I took another one. Yeah. And appreciated that color and did the same thing with it. And by the time I had my third one, it was like, I'm so done with these. Mm -hmm because I had allowed myself to really just experience them. We go back, let's go back to your meal. You well, mentioned when you went to France that the smell of it. Yes. And the fact that, I mean, who doesn't want a meal in South France, but your environment, even, you know, I was not very far from home when I had that wonderful peach cobbler. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, out in the woods, mm -hmm. um, but our environment that we're yeah. having it in. Oh yeah, it was this, yeah, it was outside. Mm -hmm. It was a long table and just sat next to people and just ate. Yeah. And so and and the length of time that that lasted, mm -hmm. taking your time, slowing yeah. down and taking oh, yeah, time. Oh yeah, yeah. That and we didn't that wasn't like we had one course and then we just stopped. Next course. Yeah. And then we stopped and waited. And we, like, I just remember thinking, I've eaten. I remember finally looking at my watch and they were like, it's midnight. And I was, we've eaten nonstop from six on. But yeah. But the one thing that I think also helps me is I like recipe books. I don't always cook from the recipe books, but I like recipe books, especially like, I, I have gone to some places in San Francisco that have been really awesome and they have their own recipe books and I like to get those and I am able to even begin to, you know, cook like a five star cook. Cook, yeah, cook like a five star, I'm not Thomas Keller, but I like reading about it because they give like, they talk about the ingredients usually and they talk about the reason why they're chefs and they talk about like how I do this and blah, blah, blah. And it gives you like a sense of how much respect you know, the, the chefs have for the ingredients and how much respect they have for what they're doing, like their part in making the food. And so it, it reminds me to also, if I'm cooking, be respectful of the ingredients, be respectful of myself, you know, that, that yeah. helps me a lot, yeah. just being able to read others yeah. views on it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the, um, it is just a whole different way of approaching it. Um, I think I've mentioned before, and I'm sure I'll mention again, a book called The Culture Code. And in America, the it, what the culture code is, is if you take a, a given culture's um, opinion or touchstone about a, a given thing, in this case, food. Um, in America, the code for food is fuel. Mm. And we see that, I mean, it's so evident. It, when was the last time we went to a gas station that didn't have some kind of food available? No, but but, but lots of places have, lots of countries have yeah. food at their gas stations. Yes. Some have like real foods at the gas stations. Like, it's a different thing. 
Uh, most of the, the foods and America's contribution, one of America's contributions to world cuisine mm -hmm. is fast food. Yeah, I believe that. It's not, this is not food that you're meant to, um, you may have heard. Sorry, If you've read any of our stuff. Sorry. If you've read any of my stuff, you may have heard this story before. But it's such a drastic contrast. I was working with a client and talking to her about this taking pleasure with food and about how Americans culture code for food is fuel. And it's, it's not about the pleasure of it. It's just about the, what can you do while you're on the go? It's just meant to tank up and keep going. Mm -hmm. And um, not too far from here is a big flea market. And if you go there, the food that's available is all, it's like either on a stick or it's meant to be taken with you as you walk. There are places to sit, but it's just, last time I was there, it was just picnic tables of varying degrees of cleanliness. <laughs> Basically, it's like, a, if you need to get off your feet for a couple of minutes, here you go, here's your corn dog, you know, eat it quickly and then back to shopping or eat it while you're shopping. A street food, um, basically. And then but this client, so we were talking about this and she was about to go to France. I said, while you're there, notice their attitude toward food. And she came back and, I, oh, I have to talk to her because she went back again recently. She was going to give me pictures of this. Her mom likes to go to flea markets because she um, gets stuff for making jewelry and she finds a lot of good stuff at the flea markets. In France. In France. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they go to, she goes to a flea market, a flea market in France. Mm -hmm. Tables have tablecloths. There's flowers in a vase on the table. They serve food that's meant to be, you sit down with food and you eat your food. It's this whole, and in um, Italy and in France, their code, their cultural code for food is around gathering mm -hmm. and around um, community. That's their culture. They're, that's their code for food over there. And ours is fuel. So my top five meals, mm -hmm. two of them are in France, two of them are in Greece, and then one is in San Francisco. <laughs> but the meal you had in San Francisco, I bet, is at a restaurant that's that kind of caliber. Oh, place. yeah, it's that kind yeah. of caliber. Where you're slow. Well, no, it's actually, no, it wasn't even that kind of caliber. Mm -hmm. Like the one in San Francisco is like at this kind of caliber. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But in Greece and in France, there yeah. one was at somebody's house. Yeah. And then the other, yeah, we're just yeah. random places. Yeah, no, that's what I was saying. The one in San Francisco yeah. is like jacked up. It's yeah, upper, but the yeah. others, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they eat. And so it's all well. Well, and it's, yeah, there's just taking pleasure with our food mm -hmm. is, we think sometimes if we are too much stuck in the diet mentality, the diet culture mentality, we feel like that there's something, it's kind of like almost, it's a guilty pleasure if you yeah. take pleasure with food because mm -hmm. you're just, it's just supposed to be your fuel. It's just supposed to serve its function and that's what it's supposed to do. It's not about loving it. Um, and so we can feel kind of guilty about that yeah. if we're taking too much pleasure with it. But, or we think if we just let ourselves eat all the M&Ms we wanted, mm -hmm. uh, that we would just be out of control with them. Yeah. But it's, that's not the case. Actually, usually the opposite ends up happening. When we slow down and let ourselves really enjoy what we're eating, mm -hmm. we usually eat much less of it. Because we're taking out the guilt, we're taking out any shame that we might feel attached mm -hmm. to eating this food this way, mm -hmm. um, and we're slowing down with it. And so we end up recognizing the just the satisfaction level. We recognize when our body's going, oh, that's enough of that, instead of 
disregarding that and eating as much as we can before the guilt or shame overcomes us, you know? Yeah. Um, and so how do we do that? How do we take pleasure with our food? Well, I mean, I think also you can, it's not, you can, like I said, you can read about people mm -hmm. who are taking pleasure with mm -hmm. food on a like crazy scale. Yeah. But also too to know where then I don't know what there's a there's a documentary and I don't know which one where it talks about you know the people who like do our beef and our meat and mm -hmm. like where did our food mm -hmm. come from like mm -hmm. where our meat comes from things like that I think when like growing up on a farm you know you just went outside and like my mom would say to me go outside and pick pick a salad and so mm -hmm. I would just go outside and like touch the tomatoes and figure out, okay, you know, like mm -hmm. at this point in my life, I can just touch the tomato and go, this is perfect. Or this mm -hmm. is, you know, and gather the food up. And then, you know, so knowing where it came from, knowing where it like grew it and, you know, all of that, like knowing that and respecting that mm -hmm. is, I think, makes a, a big difference. Mm -hmm. Now, again, this is one of the things yeah, I know all know. that. <laughs> I know better, but <laughs> I do this all the time and like don't pay attention to where it's coming from or what's yeah. going on. And two, really paying attention to where it's coming from and eating really good quality food, that is also a privilege. Yes. Because, you know, that is a privilege. We don't have, we just don't have the money yeah. to go shop at the high end grocery store that has all the yes. high end stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. We can still appreciate that food we can still do the most we can with what we have mm -hmm. so really to taking our senses using as many of our senses as we can when we're eating instead of just with the m, &M instead of just you know mindlessly throwing them in my mouth while I'm by the mouthful instead of by the one at a time while I'm watching tv or so I'm doing something where I'm distracted taking the time to actually look at it and appreciate you know an m, &M is not a high quality ingredient yeah food um, but I can appreciate that, you know, somebody thought this up and somebody put this together. And this, this bag of M&Ms represents a lot of employment for a lot of people. And, you know, even something like that. So it's not the hottest. Not to mention the M&M people on the commercial. <laughs> They're real cute. <laughs> um, but yeah, so just the, um, taking the time to use our eyes, taking the time to to smell I mean, you can kind of smell the chocolate but that's not as much but whatever reading that like when she walked into you know that in france and you just the smell of being in there um taking time to notice that i've noticed since i started doing this like i love bakeries and i love baked goods and before oh. when i was like oh that's bad food i can't eat that yeah. um it would make me want it so much more and if i ever did let myself get a you know a cake or whatever it was like I had to stop myself from eating the whole thing. Yeah. Because if I just turned myself loose, I would have just hardly ate the yeah. whole thing and been miserable afterward. But now I, I legitimately, like I'd love to go to you know stores that have good bakeries mm -hmm. and just walk past and go, that is a beautiful fruit tart. Yeah. That is a gorgeous cupcake. Who decorated that? Yeah. Look at this cake. It's so pretty. Mm -hmm. And I can appreciate the smell of it. Mm -hmm. And I find when I do that, most of the time, I don't even want it. It's like, I don't, that's, I didn't realize before that eating it was not what I wanted. Appreciating oh, it was what I wanted. It. Mm -hmm. What I wanted. And when I slowed down and let myself just 
adoringly look at a cake yeah instead of go oh look at that oh i shouldn't be eating it and let the guilt and the shame kick in immediately so now i can't even look at a cake and get any kind of satisfaction yeah. from it um when i kicked that to the curb mm -hmm. and started just going you know what it is beautiful this yeah. is beautiful and when i started doing that i realized i thought it would make me want it more mm -hmm. it made me want less i can be so satisfied just walking into a cupcake store, a cupcake bakery, and looking at all the different kinds of flavors that they have and smelling what it smells like to be there and appreciating the creativity of the people who put it together. And if I'm not with somebody who's buying something, I will often buy something small so that I'm not just, you know, yeah. being a weirdo, getting the small businesses hopes up and walking and going, oh, how beautiful it is. See ya, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the to to just go in there and smell and so i'll you know i'll buy a, a little a little thing and mm -hmm. or you know i bought an apron at this cute place once um so i can still support that small business but it's just so satisfying to me just to look at it and smell it yeah and then be on my way and so yeah. you know just so using our senses our sense of every sense that we can possibly employ the more satisfying it's going to be for us well, I think too, you talked about this before. We talked about the value judgment of food, mm -hmm. like the value scale. Like yeah. I was like, oh, well, you know, chocolate cake is 10 of badness and kale is 10. Kale, kale is one. And it's like yeah. on the value yeah. scale. Of, yeah. Or, yeah. However, whichever is on the good value scale. And the bad kale is one. Yeah. And, and cake is whatever is 10. 10. Yeah. Or on the goodness scale. Yeah. That's, so that's just that's taking, so just taking the value out of yes food. like yes. there's no moral no yeah. value and let's just you know, let's just be food yeah yeah yeah. Food. yeah let it be oh there you go let it be let it be as well anyway so yes so yeah here the bottom line is that you deserve to be eating food that really brings you pleasure and satisfaction yes that's not something to be fought against or be ashamed of or mm -hmm. feel like you're a glutton if you take time to take pleasure in this that's not what gluttony is um but that's been let me tell you what gluttony is <laughs> i've experienced that just yesterday well i like ate every biscuit that was known to mankind my mom making southern biscuits oh she's san francisco and, girl and but like honey in the house so. yeah i know me and my yeah baby. that was gluttony i didn't even like <laughs> My mom goes in the kitchen. She's like, where are the biscuits? I thought the biscuits are on the way. I love you too. Yeah. That's gluttony. But yeah, it's satisfaction and gluttony, not the same thing. Satisfaction and pleasure, not the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, it's a deadly sin, but <laughs> let's not be fooled into thinking that the purpose of food is strictly to provide energy to our bodies. Yeah. That is not its only purpose mm -hmm. and i honestly if it was their only purpose then it wouldn't even be good Wait, we wouldn't do like one like thing if the so food's only purpose was just that and we would have like say i don't know i don't know grits no offense to grits that would be hell for me if i had to like <laughs> that was it but just say if that's all it was we would have like a pile of grits and that's what we have for every single meal right because that's what is done obviously that is not. Yeah. Obviously, we have a variety of things. Mm -hmm. And we have things that are our favorites. I have one of my dear friends. And we have grits. She is. 
one of her favorite things. She loves to just make a pot of beans. And I'm like, I'm so glad that lights you up so much. For me, that would that could possibly be nothing, you know, could be nothing possibly. But it sounds good. Oh. Did she put bacon in them? No. Just beans. She is plant-based. She's no oh. animal anything. Um, but she loves her pot of beans. And I'm not I don't hate beans, but they're very low on my favorite food list. And so that to me sounds like, let me just eat gruel the rest of my kids. She loved it. Like that's what I like beans. I don't know. It's like medium lights me up. I don't know. Well, it depends. Like I love me a good refried bean. Love a good black bean, but not all the time. To eat no, it like is my main staple no, of my no, main source of protein. No. no. Yeah. Although I did. I did. I was vegan. I wasn't vegan. I was vegetarian, but then, like, I couldn't eat cheese or whatever. Yeah, ultimately, just with my dietary restrictions, I ended up your body was being vegan, and so I would have beans and like cold, like um, broccoli slaw. And my boyfriend was like, "What do you think? Like, you just eat nothing but like stones and sticks." <laughs> It's it, like these bean stones and the sticks of the yeah. And if stones and sticks light you up, yes, yay, yes. But if eating bones and sticks, do you think that's the healthiest thing and that's what you must eat it? Then yeah, because you have to, because no. that's it, because it's right. Dinner. Yeah, right. So here's your challenge for this week find something, anything, and just really slow down and take pleasure with it. Use as many of your senses as you can to enjoy it and see how that feels. And I would love, we would love to yes. hear about it in the comments. Yes. And read some essays. Read some, yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You read some like chef essays. I'm sure that there's lots of chefs out there that have written things that are oh fun. You can hardly talk about go on food. Pinterest and look up recipes. You'll get every story that you ever could possibly imagine. You cannot post just a recipe on Pinterest without the entire backstory of it. <laughs> I kind of met real chefs, like <laughs> not. It's people who love to cook. Too. Okay, okay. Yeah. Anybody who's taken the time to post a recipe and write a story about you're it, there right. are people who love to cook. You're right. You're right. They may be cooking with different ingredients. Yes, but they are Go people who love to cook. Read some stories. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So again, this is a way to nourish your body and your soul. And your soul. Yeah. Until right. next time. See you later, everybody. Woohoo. <laughs> Okay, so this is embarrassing because I always made fun of people who did this, but like and subscribe. <laughs> Turns out it's important. Well, it's only, it's, it's only, it's important because if you like what you're listening to and seeing and you want to find it again, it makes it easier for you to find it. And then also it makes it easier for other people to find it. Mm -hmm. So if you like us, like 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 us yeah like and yeah like put a ring on it like yeah. us yeah then like and subscribe and it'll make us easier to find hey it's tracy if this was helpful and you'd like more follow me on instagram at tlastel.nourishingbodyandsoul or on facebook or youtube at nourishing body and soul or you can find my website at nourishingbodysoul.com Thanks for tuning in to Nourishing Body and Soul, the podcast. Before we wrap up, we just want to remind you that the information we share in this podcast is for educational and informational purposes only and is not intended for medical advice. 
While we hope you find our discussions helpful, we strongly recommend that you seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider before making any changes to your diet, exercise routine, or any other aspect of your health. We also want to make it clear that the host, guests, and producers of this podcast are not responsible for any adverse effects or consequences that may result from the use of any information or suggestion discussed in this podcast. We care about your well-being, but we can't take responsibility for individual outcomes. By listening to this podcast, you agree to indemnify and hold harmless the hosts, guests, and producers of this podcast from and against any and all claims, damages, liabilities, costs, and expenses arising from your use of the information provided in this podcast. We're so grateful for your support, and we hope you keep listening and learning with us. Thanks.